Maximize muscle growth. Build strength. Burn fat. Change the way you train utilizing metabolic training, providing you the only workout program you will ever need. Stop spinning your wheels at the gym, change your life, and never be bored with your workout routine again. Welcome to the Metabolic Experience Podcast, brought to you by your hosts, Lindsay Abel and Matt Phelps. Welcome to episode 14 of the Metabolic Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Phelps, joined by my co-host, Lindsay Abel. Linz, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks, besides the 60-mile-per-hour winds yes. that are <laughs> gusting outside. I was going to say, you're, you're kind of a small person, so you could easily get blown away in that. Luckily, my center of gravity is now heavier on the bottom with the baby, so it keeps me stable a little bit better, I did, think. Did you get James outside today in that or no? No, God, no. I'm going to be terrible. Terrible parent because um, it was freezing out. It was windy out. I let him out in the backyard. We walked to the mailbox to get the mail, which is probably 15 steps total. And then we walked back inside and that was it. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I, as most of our listeners know at this point, I have two German shepherds. You're probably going to hear them barking at some point <laughs> during this episode because uh, in line with the theme of today's episode, a big myth is that you don't need to exercise your dogs, especially if they're German Shepherds. These dogs are high energy. I mean, my guys are eight and they act like puppies still. They're, they're just, I have to, I have to run them in the woods. I have to walk them for an hour every day. Um, and I love it. It's, it's something I truly enjoy, but, uh, it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, days like today when it's unsafe for them to kind of go outside because the winds are so powerful here in upstate New York that, uh, you know, it's uh, they definitely tough. You wonder, what, what am I supposed to do with them? Yeah, I'm very lucky that I have a giant, lazy Bernese mountain dog. And uh, when if I the few times that Matt and I have taken walks together where his German Shepherds and, and my Bernese mountain dog, his guys are like running through the woods and feeling great. And James literally just stands next to me wondering when it's time to go home and eat dinner. So and then he's out for like a week. Or, like, he's, <laughs> or he's wondering when the next attack from Utah. It's gonna that, come. That could be too. Yeah, his bullies, not his friends. <laughs> well, moving right along, today's. I think we have a fun episode planned for today. I think uh, you know something as trainers we see in the gym all the time, and we overhear clients talking, and you know, just from being in the fitness industry for quite some time, is there's a lot of myths out there that exist. There's a lot of things that people presume to be true or think is true, and I like to think in the year 2019, a lot of these myths have died but you know as we're about to talk about a lot of them haven't yeah, we still hear them come up all the time. And it's funny, like, I feel like even when I go in, I was just in the grocery store on Sunday doing my weekly shopping. And there was like this giant headline on headline on like Women's World magazine, where it was like, do this and lose 28 pounds in 14 days. Like, and it just it blows my mind that like that can be printed, and that people will believe it or the five best exercises to tone your tummy, you know, it's like, it, it's just it's very silly. That's so what, that's yeah. what I always wondered about men's health or you know women's health or shape or whatever it's how do you keep coming up with these titles <laughs> I mean how many years and how many months it's the same message every single time so uh, kind of funny but we have 10 myths for you guys that we're going to try and debunk for you today Mythbuster style the first one Linz is cardio makes you lean 
I mean, this isn't a myth. This is absolutely true. Everybody knows it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we hear this one all the time. I think, um, I mean, for us, it become it comes more in the side of like, do I need to add cardio to my metabolic training? But even people on the outside, like I know like my mom who doesn't really know anything about fitness at all, she always said like, oh, I've got to go on the, the treadmill to lose weight because I want to get skinny, you know? Um, and it's just like, <clears throat> excuse me. I just think it's it's one of the biggest myths that people still believe and still fall into that trap, but it's super, super untrue. <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of funny. I have a, a good buddy of mine and he he's an avid runner. He does he loves running, even though he's not built for it. He will run for miles and miles and miles, but he will not do a macro cycle with me. <laughs> so it's just, I'm always trying to educate. I'm always trying to tell him that the cardio is good, but that alone is not going to make you lean. Um, in fairness, this particular guy, I think, just does it for damage control, if we're being honest. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, cardio is a means of uh, expending more calories. But the only thing that's going to truly make you lean is being in a caloric deficit, which ideally is going to come from uh, really cleaning up your diet, watching your food intake, keeping your calories at an appropriate level. And and then adding some cardio to help the expenditure can certainly help. Um, you know, I think the mistake a lot of people make on this one is they they go like, I, I really, I'm not a big fan of, of jogging and long distance running for, for cardio because I think it, it doesn't optimally help you recover between strength training sessions, which I think is more important for making you lean. And I, I'm, a, I'm actually just a big fan of walking, um, to yeah. be honest, or doing things that are very intense, like metabolic training, uh, which you'll certainly get a lot of cardio from but you know cardio simply means an elevated heart rate that's all it means you can get that swimming you can get that walking your dogs you can get that mowing your lawn you can get that if you listen to our valentine's day episode doing a lot of different things but the bottom line is i, I really don't think your your body knows the difference if you're on an elliptical or whatever else so um yeah i mean don't put cardio concern it's a tool that can help you get leaner um but cardio alone will not make you lean myth busted <laughs> yeah i think if you enjoy those things do them because you enjoy them but if you're looking to lose body fat at the end of the day it's about your diet for sure i mean i they've even had those videos i think uh i saw one this they met they recorded the amount of time it took a guy to down like um 800 calorie burger yeah. and you know i think he finished it in like under five minutes and to right. burn 800 calories on the treadmill oh he was God. on that thing for like over an hour so i mean you yeah. just you decide if that's worth it <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's not. All right. So the next one's rolling right into diet. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, especially as people are starting to understand like macros or the carbs, fats, proteins, um, but just in general, people think carbs make you fat. How does that make you feel, Matt? If you just heard the sound, <laughs> a sound just now to our listeners, it was my head slamming into the <laughs> table that's in front of me right now. But this, you know, what's funny. This is one of those ones where sometimes I hear people people like my relatives or family friends say this to me and I don't know if this ever happens to you but I just take a deep breath and I'm like all right I'm just not even gonna go there yes. <laughs> the way people say I'm watching my carbs or you know I'm really cutting down on my carbs they make you fat it's just it's such a long conversation that needs to be had that sometimes I don't even feel like having it but no Guys, carbs do not make you fat. There is one thing, one thing that makes you fat, and that is eating more calories than you burn. That is it. So, what if you can? If you do that with fat, you'll get fat. If you do that with protein, you'll get fat. If you do that with carbs, 
you'll get fat. If you do that with all three, you will gain body fat. So where, where does that leave us with this? I think for me, you know, from a satiety standpoint, there have been a bunch, I think that's highly individual. There have been a bunch of studies done on that. I think some folks feel more full on uh, fats and some people feel more satisfied and full on carbs. Um, you know, I, I think carbs tend to be highly palatable and they taste good and they're very, they're not as filling, especially if they're processed. So, you know, a hundred calories of, uh, cookie crisp cereal is not going to put any more body fat on you than a hundred calories of apple will. But like I always say, I don't know anybody that's going to have 100 cat well except my wife that's going to have 100 calories and 100 calories alone of cookie crisp cereal it's much easier to overeat on those things so i think really like that's why the carbs get the bad rap is just because they're so easy to overconsume. so for that reason you know you may want to really watch your carb choices but carbs alone do not inherently make you gain body fat yeah, no, not at all. And I think you also have to pay attention to like what exercise that you're doing along with what you're eating. So, I mean, this is someplace where like a macro coach can definitely help you to navigate your goals. But if you're doing a highly um, glycolytic workout, like a metabolic training session, and you're not restoring the glycogen within your muscle, you're going to feel like crap, which may cause Pretty you shitty. to the, <laughs> which may cause you to then go and cheat a little bit or grab a little bit of, they grab a little bit of that. And that all might add up to put on more body fat or something in those, um, in that way. But I think like knowing what you're doing, um, in terms of your workouts, like long distance running, like lytic workouts, like I said, like metabolic, um, your body really craves the carbs. So it's not, they're not the enemy. <laughs> in fact, they can help to fuel your workout, give you a great workout session, give you energy to push harder in your workouts. Um, and you'll just feel overall better if you're eating them in balance with everything else. So carbs are not the enemy. Um, they can be a great tool to help you burn fat and have a better workout even. Yeah, it's funny. I think a lot of people too abuse carbs, and oh, especially yeah. not to throw them under the bus, but a lot of long distance runners carb load. And, yeah. you know, I understand doing that a couple of days before a marathon or something of that nature. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but if I'm grossly stereotyping, I think a lot, if I was to look at your average person who works out consistently strength training three to five times a week compared to your average person who jogs on a treadmill or jogs outside the person who does strength training consistently is probably going to be a little bit leaner mm -hmm. i think the people that tend to run a lot or do a lot of excessive cardio uh cycling or whatever else they they feel like they need to eat this enormous abundance of carbs to fuel this activity and honestly it, you know it, I, if we're being honest it, it's it's all based on using it as an excuse to eat more food they like <laughs> oh yeah absolutely so so i think another one and and this one this one has been around for the test of time <laughs> i mean this one was around when i was in high school and i don't think it's gone away from what i see but number three is direct ab work gives you a ripped six-pack yeah i mean honestly i still get this question asked to me like now i'll get dms in my uh instagram inbox that say like what crunches or what what exercise should i do to target my lower abs um and Honestly, like ab work is great. Just like when you do a bicep curl, just like when you do any movement that's going to help you to build muscle, you will get a stronger core, but it's not going to burn the fat over your abs that are already in there. <laughs> they're, they're in there. There's just fat covering them. So, um, again, nobody likes to hear this answer. Nobody wants to hear it at all, but it all comes down to nutrition. If you want to get a sculpted six pack, it happens in the kitchen. 
Yeah, you know, th- this is one of those funny things where a lot of the people that complain about uh, doing or asking about inquiring about doing extra ab work to develop their lower abs or what have you, these are the same people that claim that doing push-ups and other exercises are going to make them bulky. So in my mind, this never made any sense, right? Think about this. One activity is going to build a muscle while another activity is going to make it smaller. (laughs) That makes zero sense to me at all. Think about that, guys. That makes no sense. So, you know, Lindsay, you hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, you and I have both gotten down to really low levels of body fat before. Um, And I can, (laughs) I I think you were the same way. I, I was not doing ab routines you know i would i was doing plenty of heavy squats and and presses and chin-ups and things like that um stuff we do in metabolic but but i was not doing uh, dedicated ab routines and i had a pretty pretty ripped six-pack at that time so um you know like you said it comes down to diet creating a caloric uh, deficit through exercise and diet and really just being patient and allowing uh the the fat to come off in time i think for a lot of people too something to add here is that fat on your lower abdomen especially for men that's like the last place for it to come off so you got to really if you're feeling impatient just look at other parts of your body i know for me um sometimes if i look at myself from the front in the mirror when i'm in a leaning out phase it won't look like i'm leaning out much but i'll have kara take a picture of my back and i'll see a big difference in like the detail in my back so um you know i think it's just a patience game honestly and it sucks if i'm i'm just going to be honest it's one of those things where it's the last to come off and it's the first to come on but if you want to keep those abs you got to eat clean you got to train mean and you just got to be consistent in the gym speaking of eating clean Myth number four is you need to eat every three hours. Yeah, this is one we hear all the time. Um, And the thought behind this is that it keeps your metabolism firing, right? That like, you know, you have to keep that fire burning. It's like throwing kindling on the fire constantly. Um, But it's just not true. At the end of the day, um, I mean, I know that there's people that would argue this to certain extents, but it's calories in versus calories out. And however you successfully are burning more calories than you're eating, that's when you're going to lose weight. It's not going to change anything else. Um, If you're eating more than you're burning, then you're going to gain weight. If you're eating the same, you're going to maintain. So the fact that people think that you need to eat every three hours to kind of like keep your metabolism burning, it's, it's all just whatever way you can successfully eat and feel good is what's important yeah i think if we were going to assign percentages to it it's like 99.9 percent of what your total intake is Mm -hmm. and 0.1 percent how many meals it is and the only reason i even assign it 0.1 is you know there have been some studies that have shown a benefit of uh, increased level of protein synthesis if you eat three to four feedings a day it's not the old school six to seven feedings by Mm -hmm. any means uh for me i don't do that just because i number one don't have the desire to to build slabs of muscle at this phase of my life and number two i mean for the amount of um the lifestyle change that would require for me i just don't find it to be worth it you know i i don't really think if i add in one to two protein feedings i'm going to suddenly add all this muscle i i don't even think you'd see anything at all so um you know you certainly don't need to eat every three hours it does make sense though this is the one myth on here that i think makes sense right if you if you add the kindling 
adding to the fire. I, I that's the same analogy I heard. That was right. like, okay, that makes sense. Right. You are eating smaller meals, so your stomach's never really distended. So you kind of feel tighter, you feel mm-hmm. leaner. But um, you know, at the end of the day, if if we're talking strictly body composition, you do not need to eat every three hours. In fact, you and I, I mean, you're pregnant now, so a little right. bit of a different situation. <laughs> but uh, I know when you're not pregnant, and Brian and I, we we do intermittent fasting, and it's it's really been been a great thing for us to manage our caloric intake and kind of stay on the leaner side um, while enjoying life as well. Yeah, it's actually been a really big adjustment for me. I, I've been talking about this quite a lot because I do typically like to intermittent fast and then I like to eat big meals, like two or three big meals a day. Probably two meals with like a maybe a snack in between is like my preferred way of eating. Um, and now that I am pregnant, I'm not able to do that, but my mind still wants to. So I'll find, I, I, especially like the first trimester, not so much the first trimester because I was sick a lot, but early on in the second one, I was trying to eat big meals and then just feeling so sick because there's just not as much room in my stomach as there used to be. So I've had to like totally readapt my eating and I'll, I don't enjoy it. Like now I have to eat kind of every three to four hours and I don't like it. It's too much to think about. I'm constantly like, all right, what am I going to pack to bring in the car and where am I going to be and where? So for me, even now that I have to eat that way, just because it makes me feel better and I'm not feeling nauseous. Um, I don't, I don't prefer it. And I'm looking forward to going back to bigger meals when this is all said and done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank God I'm not pregnant. Cause yeah, I, that's I, weird. I give you, <laughs> that would be really weird, <laughs> but I give you so much credit. Oh my God. I think you and I are similar in a lot of ways. And that being one of them, I also like yeah. big meals. And I think that would be, I remember there was one time I had been intermittent fasting for maybe two years. This is probably like three or four years ago. I decided one day I was going to do like the bro wave eating and I was going to eat the six meals a day and it was torture for me. You know, I was just having like this teasing amount of food and then just looking at the clock, waiting for two to three hours to pass, repeating the process, thinking about food all day. Um, That's no way to live your life. And the beauty is you don't need to live your life that way. So guys, don't worry about eating every three hours. Eat when you feel like it. Eat in a way that provides you with a lifestyle that you can enjoy and sustain. And that's all there is to it. So speaking of being pregnant, myth number five, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, Lens. But myth number five is you can't work out when you're pregnant. Yeah, I think this one is slowly starting to go away. I think now that like, you know, there are more active and fit mamas in the world, but it is something that we still hear a lot. And even just this morning in the gym, I had somebody come up to me and say like, I didn't realize that you could do this while you were pregnant. And I was like, of course you can. Yeah, why not? So um, you can absolutely work out when you're pregnant. Obviously, there's um, first and foremost, you have to talk to your doctor, right? Like everybody's different. Talk to your doctor, make sure you're cleared. Um, but there are so many positive benefits to working out when you're pregnant. Um, one, I can speak from experience. You lose a lot of yourself when you're pregnant. You're used to feeling a certain way. You're used to being a certain way. You're used to living your life a certain way, looking a certain way. And all of that is changing and it's out of your control. One thing that is in your control or one thing that can be the same is your fitness routine, you know, and and it helps to keep 
a certain sense of identity that you're losing as you're becoming a mother. So I know for me, it was important for me to get back in the gym just because it was someplace where I felt like me again. Um, obviously, there's certain restrictions. And again, you would talk to your doctor to get um, their recommendations. But they say you can lift about 25% of whatever you were using. That's the general theme of what you were using before. Um, jumping, probably not a great idea. You've got a human being inside your stomach. No, so. Star Jax. Yes, yeah, so Star Jax probably aren't a great idea. Um, and, uh, anything that raises your heart rate, basically, if you can't breathe, the baby can't breathe. So you want to make sure you're monitoring your heart rate too. What other movements should you stay away from if you're pregnant? Um, laying on your back is something you want to be cautious of. Um, they say anything, um, like 45 seconds and above is where it starts to kind of hit a danger zone. But I always say like, just cause you can, doesn't mean you should. So, um, I just avoid being on the back altogether. So laying on your back, um, any crunching positions you don't want to be doing. So abdominal crunches, any abducting at all. Um, definitely want to stay away from that. Um, when you're working your abs, so let's say like a plank position, very important that you kind of keep a little bit more of a hollow shape in your butt backwards um, because if you kind of drop your hips too much, it puts a lot of um, weight on the diastasis recti in the middle of the abdomen, so it can cause that um, abdominal separation, yep, which nobody wants. Um, so yeah, but the biggest like stay away from jumping, uh, crunching um, and any sort of um, laying on your back. Those are the ones. Ones you want to do, working the posterior chain, huge. Um, keeping your glutes and your hamstrings strong are what are going to help to keep you supported and keep your belly supported um, and help honestly with the delivery part of it. So posterior chain work is awesome. The more you can squat, the better. Yeah, I would argue that last point though, only because when Kara gave birth to Caden, <laughs> I was not very prepared. I thought it was going to be like the movies. You know, you stand behind the white curtain, you know, you, you stand by your head and the baby comes out and then you go look at it. Oh no, that's not what happens. <laughs> yeah, when you're, when you're the man, uh, your, your wife or girlfriend or whoever, she puts her foot on your chest and during every contraction, she pushes as hard as she can. Poor and I, I was thinking to myself, my God, I, I could not believe the level of strength Kara yeah. had in there. Um, and Kara's not not really as strong as you are, and you have good levers, your nice short little levers. So I think Brian's in a world of trouble. I won't be surprised. He he should probably go on like a mass scanning plan Maybe. before should that. Get him one of those like bulletproof vests or something. Put, put a few pounds on him and get get him ready for that. But no, Lindsay, you you handle that beautifully. And I think you know for anyone out there, certainly working out when pregnant is is good. I, if I was making a funny face when you were talking, you know I have a weak stomach. I, I was picturing a nine month, eight month pregnant woman doing a, when you talk about hip abduction doing a lateral lunge and oh my god please yep. don't do that guys yeah no 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 <laughs> yeah no but yeah moral of that story absolutely work out it's going to help to um you know just keep your oxygen flowing through your body um when you're working out uh the baby is getting like a ton of oxygen through that placenta which is so great um there's just a million benefits and also keeping your stamina up for the birth like you could be pushing for like 24 48 who knows how many hours and if you can keep your stamina up that's going to help you out tremendously so ladies don't be afraid to work out when you're pregnant just be smart don't overdo it and uh yeah listen to your body um moving on from there so this is another one that like tends to come from a lot of women um but uh drives me it's like nails on a chalkboard lifting weights makes you bulky did you guys hear that that was my head slamming into the table again <laughs> <laughs> no lifting weights makes you bulky 
Here, here's the thing, you know, it's kind of like saying shooting baskets makes you as good as LeBron James. You know, I mean, this there's a huge genetic component to this. You know, there are some people out there who who look at at weights and do a couple push-ups like Herschel Walker. You probably have no idea who that no is. No idea. I'm just going to shake my head like Ryan, I do. Ryan, you know who Herschel Walker is? Please tell me. You know? No, Ryan, Ryan doesn't know. Doesn't wow, know I'm either. old. I'm very old. <laughs> Herschel Walker was an all-American football player at the University of Georgia in the mid-'80s, uh, and he was a freak. He was, he was ahead of his time. He was kind of like uh, Adrian Peterson before his time. You know, he was very strong, very fast, ripped. Um, I actually think he just competed in an MMA fight at the age of 50, and he looks like Damn. he's 30 years old. The guy's unbelievable. But he was notorious for his workout was he did push-ups and hill sprints, and that's all he did. And he just... Must be nice. He, he looked like an Adonis. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's funny. We have a trainer at the gym, Drew Smith, who... You know, I always joke around when I make this point to people, but I could, I say, look, Drew Smith could do absolutely, could do jogging for the rest of his life. I could live in the gym. I could even do a cycle of steroids and I won't look like that. So there, there's a big genetic component to all of this. So with that said, why even do it then? Well, because it's like anything else, right? If you want to maximize your genetic potential, of course you have to do it and try and optimally bring that up as best you can. But the Active lifting weights alone is not going to make you bulky. There's a funny meme out there. Uh, lifting weights doesn't make you bulky. Cupcakes make you bulky. That's it. Well, I remember when I was first starting out with you, I think that was something that you had said to me, that lifting weights doesn't make you bulky. Cupcakes do, um, which at the time I was eating a dozen glazed Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> a day before I went to my Hudson Valley class. It wasn't so that. It was the lunges. It was, <laughs> that's right, yeah. Um, but no, absolutely true. And I think, you know, again, diet plays a big factor, I think, for men that are looking to add size, you know, absolutely lifting weights is the way to go along with being in a caloric surplus to help, you know, bring up the, you know, or, um, add muscle, um, for women, um, working out and lifting weights in the gym is the best thing you can do to tone up. Adding lean muscle is going to burn more calories throughout the day, um, which is going to help you to burn fat. All right. Um, not only that, there's, um, exercise post oxygen consumption. So, you know, if you're walking on the treadmill or if you're doing your cardio, when cardio is done, you're done. It's over. When you are lifting weights, you continue to burn calories throughout the day because your body is trying to get back to its homeostasis. So, you know, you're getting the most bang for your buck. So, um, absolutely, lifting weights, um, can it make you bulky if you want it to? If you eat in a surplus. If you eat in yeah. a surplus, yeah, sure, sure it can help. Yep. Um, but if you're, you know, following, a, you know, a healthy nutrition plan and lifting weights um, consistently, like you're not going to get bulky. You're going to look great. Yeah, in fact, when you're when you're eating very strictly and you know hitting your macros every day, it's funny. When I've been at my leanest, a, a lot of people constantly, constantly to the point where it's almost annoying. Yeah. Tell you, that, and this is funny. This is a side note for our listeners. Don't, ladies, never tell a man that he looks skinny. <laughs> that is, I would argue, just about as worse as a well. No, it's not as bad, but it's <laughs> a man telling a woman she looks thick. You know, it's right, like right. that is like the ultimate insult. So when I was, uh, you know, at my leanest, I had uh, so many people coming up to me and saying, oh, my God, you're, you look so skinny. Right. And because and, and you don't have as much bulk to you. And in fact, I was lifting all the time at that right. time, just trying to cling to any amount of muscle that I possibly could while I was shedding body fat. Of course, you get a pump and you take your shirt off and you look like you sure. work 
out all day. But, yeah. uh, you know, um, no, lifting weights does not alone make you bulky. And in fact, like you said very nicely, it will make you leaner. The more muscle mass you have on your body, the more lean muscle mass you have on your body, right. the faster your metabolism is going to be, the more calories you will require and the easier it will be for you to stay lean. So myth busted, lifting weights will not alone make you bulky. That's right. Go lift some weights. <laughs> um, all right. So similar to, uh, I guess not really similar to it, but just another myth as we continue down this line. Um, and I get this often. Um, I want to lose weight. Again, it's typically in the lower abdominals, but I want to lose weight in my abs. I want to lose weight in my legs. I see How do this I get in the arms? the most. Yes. This yeah, is yeah, what yeah, I yeah. see what we're about to talk about. I see this yep. in the butt the most. Yep. yep. Or my hips. But, you know, I want to lose weight in my hips. What do I do? What exercises burn the inner thigh? <laughs> um, here's the thing. There is no way to target fat loss. You can't pinpoint where the fat is going to go. And ladies, as we know, it typically goes from the head down. So you start first, uh, first start in your face and then you typically use your boobs. And I'm sorry, but that's what happens. And then it moves its way down from there. But yeah, there's no real way to uh, spot reduce or target fat loss. Yeah, it, it's it's very similar to, to the ab comment. You know, yeah. it's it's funny. People always want me to give them these butt routines, these booty, booty builders. Yeah. And I always ask, I'm just going to say ladies because it's mostly women that do this. But um, if any of you fellas out there have done this, I apologize. But I always say, well, why do you want that? And they say, well, I, I want to get my butt tighter. I want it to be smaller. And I was like, so let me get this straight. If I was to give you the same type of routine for your arms, that would make your arms smaller or bigger. And that kind of resonates with right. them that it's all the same and that, you know, training is training. And if you're trying to build muscle and you're eating more than you're burning, you're going to add size to that to mm-hmm. the to the area that you're working. So you you can't spot reduce. I touched on it a little bit before, but some of us have hit the. I say some of us, like I'm one of these people. I'm not. <laughs> some some people have hit the genetic lottery. Um, you know, there's people out there who have, as a man, like if you have under, I would say, 15 percent body fat, you're pretty lean, pretty yeah. in pretty good shape. There's some guys who can walk around with 12 percent body fat with a six pack because their their body fat is so evenly distributed through their body. Uh, there's other people, and I think I kind of fall in this camp for me to have my abs be, be really like where I want them I probably have to be around nine ten percent body fat um my arms will be nice and cut up at 12 percent but my abs will still have that little bit on the bottom um and I think that's how most people are so unfortunately you can't spot reduce however if you can figure out a way to do that you will make millions it's called plastic surgery they just go with a little suction tube and suck it out <laughs> don't give away our secret <laughs> It's not as satisfying, though. Earn it. Um, So this one, maybe, Matt, you can kind of touch on a little bit. But um, this came up because actually I was in Green Island working out the other day at Metabolic. And uh, Drew, who I love so much, I'm going to throw him under the bus here, but he worked out. Second episode in a row, we throw Drew under the bus. I know. He worked out, got busy, as we always do. And uh, it was probably like two hours later, maybe. And he was like, oh, man, I didn't get my protein. And this won't even count as he was like slamming his protein shake. And he was mostly kidding. It was a joke. But um, it is something that you hear often. Protein timing. Does it matter? Does it not? 
What's your take? Uh, it doesn't matter nearly as much as you yeah. think it does. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I can remember being in college um, wearing my weightlifting gloves <laughs> that I <laughs> talked right. about before. Just for the girls. Just for the girls. I'd, we'd go, we'd lift at four o'clock and we'd go running back to our dorm room where we would pound these. And this is back in like the year 2000. So protein shakes back then were disgusting. I, I distinctly remember I, this one kind of was called Enlarge. I think I had two scoops of it. There was probably like 450 calories and it was like a weight gainer. So I would make a shake of that. I would chug, I would hold my nose and chug it down just so I could get it down. And then we would go to the dining hall and eat dinner. Now you tell me <laughs> what kind of sense does that make? <laughs> so it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But in my mind, the, the it shows you the power of the supplement industry. And I think supplements are great. I still have two scoops of protein every day. Yeah. But I do it because I like the shakes. It's a way for me to increase my protein intake. Um, I can only eat so many much chicken and egg whites. So it's nice for that. But, you know, I think the best way I ever had this explained to me is the larger the meal, the longer it's going to take for those nutrients to get broken down and, and released into your bloodstream and delivered to the muscles. So, you know, if you have like a, a pretty solid sized meal, even like the day before, if you work out in the morning, there's a good chance that that chicken, that 10 ounces of chicken mm-hmm. you ate is still being broken down. And those amino acids are still being released into your bloodstream, being delivered to your muscle tissue. So, you know, whether it comes then or 20 seconds after you finish working out, I, I, I really don't think it makes that much of a difference. Um, I think it's good to be cognizant of your nutrition and to kind of like rehydrate and, and refuel your body. I think for me, a lot of times when I eat after I work out, it can help kind of stabilize blood sugar levels and help you feel a little better. But yeah, don't don't stress the protein timing thing too much. If you want to get really scientific with it, have four feedings a day. Otherwise, you know, if you have two like me and like you, mm-hmm. um, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's not so much the timing of your protein, but the amount. Just as long as you're getting enough in, you're good. For sure. So the next one, you have to use light weights for toning. So kind of like number six, where we talked about lifting heavy weights makes you bulky. Light weights is what's going to make you toned. (laughs) And that was my head slamming against the table. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is one that, again, has been around for a long time. And and again, like I can hear my mom in my head, like you don't want to lift too much because you're going to get bulky Um, or lift light weights and more reps because that's going to get you toned. Um, Again, I think we already kind of touched on it, but um, the more lean muscle that you have on, the more calories you're going to burn, the more toned and fit you're going to look. You're not going to add lean muscle by using light weights. Um, you just you need you need that that heavier weight to help you build that muscle, right? So for sure, I think you know it, it's funny. I, I I've had I'm very well versed in this conversation. I've talked to probably hundreds of people over the years about this topic, and here's how I get people to kind of come around to my way of thinking. I'm not trying to be crude, but I would actually make the argument if you intentionally lift lighter. Now you're pregnant, so I'm not talking to you here, Lindsay. Yes. <laughs> but if you intentionally lift lighter, you you would actually gain fat more fat than you would if you lifted heavier you'd get bulkier because you're not burning as many calories you tell me if you're a woman who's capable of doing dumbbell reverse lunges with 40 pound dumbbells if you suddenly grab the 15s because you want to work on toning what's going to burn calories if you do a minute of reverse lunges with those 40 pound dumbbells or a minute with the 15s what's going to burn more calories i think everyone out there probably knows the answer um and like we talked about in one of our other myths where we talked about the genetic 
component that goes into building size. Don't fear lifting heavier weights. You don't want to lift so heavy that your form is sloppy and you can't keep tension anymore, but lift in the appropriate intensity level to get the most out of the time period that you're training for or the rep range that you're using. Yeah, that was perfectly said. Um, right. Number 10, uh, there is a magic diet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm imagining that Woman's World magazine save, in my head again. Save the best for last. You know, as much of a cliche thing as it is to say, I think the term, anytime you're doing a diet that gets thrown out there, that's just so cliched. And, uh, you know, whether it's the key, if you're doing a ketogenic diet, a paleo diet, um, the intermittent fasting, even though it's not a diet, diet, you know, uh, the Mediterranean diet, these are all temporary things. To me, the word diet implies something that's temporary. The word we really need to use there is lifestyle. And I would say there is a magic lifestyle. The beauty is it can be keto for you. It could be paleo for you. It could be if it fits your macros. If you're the type that likes to have 100 calories of cookie crisp, God bless you. You know, it, it doesn't matter. There is no magic pill. The magic pill is consistency. That is the most powerful powerful thing you can have but it also preys on our biggest weakness in this industry which in my opinion is patience yeah, 100%. You nailed the, the, or you hit the nail on the head. Consistency is key. There is no magic diet. The reason why diets might give you a short term success that gives you that kind of high, because like you said, patience is what all of us are lacking. It's because it forces you into caloric deficit for X amount of time because you're doing it for 30 days or three months or whatever it is. Um, so you, you nail it for that amount of time. And then what happens is typically you fall off because it's not sustainable long term. And then the weight either comes back on or whatever. So um, patience is a virtue, but it's also necessary if you want long-term success with your diet. Yeah, and I think the other component to this, the, the, the lifestyle that's going to work best when it comes to nutrition that works for you is you can do one of two things. You can kind of eliminate foods and food groups and you kind of be a little looser with counting calories, so to speak, if that's not your jam, if you don't enjoy doing that. Um, if you're kind of an OCD personality type like me and you, you enjoy counting macros and calories, then you know you could probably be a little more flexible with the foods that you eat. But you just have to figure out the psychological component to all this and decide what is the thing that you can sustain the most. I know I know the thing that I want to be very clear about with everybody is in any sort of nutritional program where you're trying to get leaner or you're trying to improve your health, there is going to be deprivation of some sort, whether it's in an, a food like a Twinkie or the amount of Twinkie that you can eat. You know, you're going to deprive yourself of something. So what you need to do is find the most psychologically tolerable method of of doing that and, and run with that and, and start with that and give yourself little treats here and there to, to kind of keep you going. But, um, you know, I think playing around with stuff, I think for a lot of people out there, if I was to grossly stereotype, I think, you know, basing your meals around protein, water, produce, uh, you know, good, quote unquote, clean carbs like oats, uh, sweet potatoes, rice. I think that's all, always a great start. I'm not a fan of any diet that really restricts fruit. Um, you know, it's amazing, actually, that 
that your your body craves fruit. When you have mm. fruit, you, it really fruit is probably for me the number one craving killer out there. And I think it's because your body is actually craving the nutrients that are in there. When you're having some sugar craving, sometimes um, you end up filling it in other ways, but that's not what your body's telling you. Oh yeah, fruit's amazing. I was just talking about it the other night because like we had gotten that they had like uh, raspberries and blueberries were on sale in Hannaford, so I just made like a little like fruit set, and it's so fruit is so they good. Organic? They were, they were. <laughs> of course, they were organic. I went into I went into Walmart <laughs> last night and I bought. I was buying my cauliflower rice because Karen and I eat at Chipotle like three times a week, and I always. If you guys want to go on my YouTube channel, I have a nice cauliflower uh, chicken Chipotle salad recipe on there that's pretty filling. But but um, I went in there and I saw they had these nice looking strawberries in there. So I bought them. But I actually thought of Brian. I was like, man, I hope Brian doesn't see me because these <laughs> things were like the size of my fist. So oh, they yeah. clearly were not organic. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but no, fruit is amazing. But yeah, no, at the end of the day, finding something that you can live with, that you can sustain, that makes you feel um, balanced and um, and just makes you feel good. You know, And like you said, there's going to be some sacrifice that comes along with it if you are looking to burn body fat but it shouldn't be starvation type it shouldn't be miserable you shouldn't be angry or hangry you know um you've got to find whatever it is that makes you feel most balanced and that is the magic diet excellent i think we did pretty well i think we kind of we, we, okay. we did some good myth busting today we we knocked down a bunch of these myths and i'm very happy about this episode because i now have a weapon that i can just point clients and say hey listen go back and listen to that episode <laughs> of the podcast put it on repeat in all seriousness, we really appreciate everyone who's out there listening to us. Something that really helps us out is if you guys would be so kind as to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, that helps us out tremendously. If you would also consider screenshotting while you're listening to the episode and giving us a little shout out, tagging at Metabolic Experience, we'd happily repost you on there as well. And just as a show of support, we would greatly appreciate that so much. So on behalf of Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us once again hope you guys are staying warm or have a warm vacation planned soon and we will talk to you soon take care see you